the Smash Daily Podcast. Weekdays 4 to 6 on 107.1, the Big Z. Radio for the Riverbend. anyone and everyone that might happen to be alive at this particular point in time smash with you right here with a big shout out to those listening in the spirit world i miss you all i love you all huge howdy to the high holy three and chop chop i love you smash daily as is always monday through friday four to six o'clock right here on wbgz 107.1 fm the big z but Smash Daily yesterday and today, doing it from the Smash Abode. From my house. Man, when I first started up in this business in the mid-70s, I would have never thought you could be working a big-time radio show out of your house. And you know, the crazy part about it is, in the old days, a studio was as big as a 12 by 12 room, and that was, a con- that was considered a-, a small studio. And now a studio is a 12-inch screen on your computer and one of these USB microphones, and all of a sudden, boom, you is broadcasting. It is pretty, pretty wild, pretty, pretty impressive, really, to tell you the truth. So got a good program for you here today. Don't even worry about it. You know you can count on me for that, as is always on a daily basis, smash daily. That's why we call it that way. And, of course, if you want to get on over to SmashDaily.com after the show, in case you miss a point in the show, SmashDaily.com will take you to all the podcast opportunities we have. Boom, you click on the one that works for you. Boom, any portion of the show that you so desire. My man Lolo, producer extraordinaire, Lolo, has got you covered. By the way, yesterday, Lolo's birthday, I think he's in his 30s. You know, I'm 71. I can't tell how old people are anymore. Like when I was in my 30s, I could tell by looking at some dude, well, that's an old dude. But now that I am amongst the aged, it's tough to look back on a young dude or a young dudette and try to figure out how old they are. You youngsters listening right now, you can laugh, you can mock, you can scoff, you can, it don't matter to me. Because someday, you will be me. And I, on these airwaves of 107.1 FM, am giving you opportunity to turn back. Turn back, children, turn back. Because you don't want none of this. Public service announcement. Cool Papa Smash. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's cold outside. Boy, do I have some good music for you right now. As you know, I always like to start up Smash Daily with some good, good music. And here it be. Standing six foot one, weighing Cranking out the jams and running his route Everybody knew he didn't play no crap The Smash The Smash Big Bad Smash Smash, smash, dig the smash Smash, smash, I'm digging the smash Smash, smash, dig the smash Digging the Smash, you are great music from great eras in time. I'm talking about the now, then, and the way back when. Smash with you right here. Let's go to first week in February 1971. This young lady, Carol King, had written prior to that point all kinds of what are called smash hits for smash artists. Thus, Digging the Smash. She and her songwriting partner, Jerry Goffin, who she wound up marrying sometime down the line. They were the composers of these hit songs of the day, these smash hits. I mean, Carole King, she wrote all the great songs for all the great groups and great artists of the early 60s, like this one right here. Go away, little girl. Go away, little girl. I'm not supposed to be alone with you. I know that your lips are sweet, but our lips must never meet. I belong to someone else, and I must be true. Go away, little girl. Steve Lawrence right there. Steve Lawrence and Edie Gourmet. Anybody remember that far back? Steve Lawrence right there. A Carol King song, 1962, right there. I got all kinds of clips to play you. See if you know this Carol King song right here. Tonight you're mine, completely. You give me your love so sweetly. Tonight the light of love is in your eyes. Carol King song right there for the Shirelles. How about this one? Let me tell you now when I come home feeling tired and weak, I go up where the air is fresh and sweet. On the roof. I get away from the hustling crowd and all that rat race noise down in the favorite songs of all time the drifters right there another carol king song that one from 1964 back in that day for the most part the artists did not write their own songs it was songwriters that did that carol king was one of the chief songwriters in the brill building 
All kinds of talent coming out of that building. Connie Francis, Neil Sedaka, Bobby Darin, all of them. Now, you remember the British Invasion, Beatles, Rolling Stones, Dave Clark Five, Animals, all of them. I bet you didn't know that she wrote this song for one of the biggest bands of the British Invasion, Herman's Hermits. You'll recognize it. Woke up this morning feeling fine. There's something special on my mind. One of the greatest harmony duos in the history of bought into Carol King and her songwriting. Talking about Phil and Don, the Everly Brothers. I'll never let you see the way my broken heart is hurting me. I've got my pride and I know how. King, she wrote some songs, didn't she? But it was this one song that she wound up giving to her babysitter to sing that wound up being one of the biggest hits of all time. I mean, they're still dancing to it today because of the beauty of the title of the tune, which gives you the freedom to go on be as bad as you want to be. And I ain't spelling that B-A-double-D. I'm talking about as bad as you want to be on that dance floor because when you're doing the locomotion, there ain't no motion loco. It's all part of the dance. It's all part of the party. The babysitter's name, Little Eva. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. these hits up until the mid 60s at which point in time she kind of like just faded and then come 1971 first week of february you hadn't heard from carol king in a while and then this album comes out and every song is a winner based on the way each song touched you and impacted you it started with songs Great songs like I Feel the Earth Move Under My Feet, It's Too Late, Way Over Yonder, a magnificent song, You've Got a Friend, a song was also a big hit for James Taylor, Smackwater Jack, Natural Woman, and more. Nothing but great songs. And one of those great songs I'm going to play for you right now because it was 1971, first week in February, that history changed. I was a student at Indiana University, and amongst the hippie clientele, let me just say, you were not considered one of, unless you had this album. You weren't a hippie unless you had this album. 
this album, one of the greatest of all time, this album titled Tapestry by Carol King. Sometimes I wonder if I'm ever gonna make it home again It's so far and out of sight I really need someone to talk to And nobody else knows how to comfort me tonight King right there from a masterpiece of an album, Tapestry, in the first week of February, 1971. That one comes out, history changer, world changer of an album. It's coming from a young lady who provided us with such an American soundtrack as far as the late 50s, early 60s is concerned, musically speaking. I mean, she knew the times. Her music was the times. And then she goes away from that style and comes back with one of the greatest albums in the history of the greatest albums. Tapestry right there. That's a genius girl. That's Carol King, 79 years old. February 9th was uh, her birthday. So that first week of February was big for her in uh, 1971 in that it really changed her up in the way that people took to her. And also happened to be her birthday week. Happy birthday, Carol King. Thanks for so much, for so much good. Thanks, Carol King. You're digging the smash with Smash Daily on the Big C. You know, when the weather's like this, I want to think about a nice deck upon which to relax. Attach to my home in a strong way so it ain't going to be leaning. I just think about a nice deck because I don't want to think about this. 
Oh, well, wait a minute, Smash. Have you ever tried skiing in Aspen? Well, this ain't Aspen, and no, I don't ski. But I love lounging on my deck. Who builds the best decks in the Riverbend area and beyond? Jersey County Fence and Deck. JCFDonline.com. You get to the website, you're going to see all the kind of great work that they do. You're going to see the decks they've done in this area, at least some of them. And they're going to show you. Uh, yeah, these are the folks who I want building this attachment onto my house. And first thing in the spring, they come build that deck for you. Then come the good weather. Who's going to be lounging? You. Thank you, Jersey County Fence and Deck. Dig the smash. Anywhere. 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 The Smash Daily Podcast. SmashDaily.com. Daily right here, WBGZ, smash with you. Boy, I tell you what, man, that's some wild snow yesterday. It was pretty coming down, wasn't it? It was really pretty coming down, but the freeze associated with it, I guess it got to have freeze to, to snow, but man, to be like 18 degrees below zero at night, wind chill, phew, high of seven, phew, what you going to do? It's winter. Playing a little bit of Grand Funk Railroad for you right there. Man, I tell you what, that was a big song in its day, wasn't it? We're an American band. The reason I played it for you is not only because it's a great song, but also in there it talks about groupies. And anybody who's been in a band at some point in time has experienced the cultural phenomenon, the physical phenomenon, the love phenomenon, the pleasure phenomenon known as the groupie the song opening up this set for smash daily talks about sweet sweet connie now one of the biggest groupies in the history of the groupies was sweet sweet connie and she was running with all the bands and she was applying herself to all the bands let me put it that way okay there you go yeah, that's what she she was applying herself to all the bands because all the bands had the same circuit back in those days. And girls love the bands. Now, another part of the song talks about all those Chiquitas in Omaha, talking about the girl groupies waiting for the band after the show. Oh, here it is.
proceeded to tear that hotel down. <laughs> In the words of Mac Davis, Memories pressed between the pages of my mind. Pressed, it being the key word, pressed. That's it, man. They definitely are memories that are more than pressed now, though. They are suppressed. But they're coming to the fore at this particular point in time because today is the anniversary of Rolling Stone magazine coining the term groupie. Big cover story, front page, Rolling Stone magazine. 1969 was the year, and the word groupies became a new term to the popular lexicon of the American populace. Let's put it that way, at least to the band guys. (laughs) So back in that day, as rock and roll was starting to grow and mature and everything, the fan culture, as Rolling Stone called it, also became more refined as did the music. And a name was needed for the ladies who would hang out at the stage door, hoping for some intimate interaction, as it said in Rolling Stone magazine. Intimate interaction with the band. Now, I don't know what they did intimate interaction back before that. And I'm talking about back then, used to be guys who would wait for like showgirls to come on out after the show and they'd be standing right there at the stage door, and those guys were called stage door johnnies. Well, these girls who loved to be with the bands, they were group women and groupies. Uh, uh, These girls, they, as it says in Rolling Stone magazine from 1969, added color to an intrigue to the rock star stories that were starting to become a part of the American culture. But normally, the groupies are minor characters in music journalism. In fact, uh, oftentimes they're shunned, sneered at, mocked, but never turned away when it was time to, shall we say, elicit a party mode. So it's Rolling Stone's 27th issue, 1969, And the cover story defines the moniker, the groupie. And from there, of course, groupies uh, are not only, just use the term, party girls. Um, They are also um, therapy for for, a number of guys. (laughs) And a lot of songs uh, start including, you know, like groupie mentions and everything, just like we're an American band. I played for you just a little bit from... uh, Oh, man. Grand Funk Railroad. Uh, let's see. Kiss had a, uh, a big groupie song. It was called Plaster Caster. This was about Cynthia Albritton. And she got her name for for being quite the sculptress. Let's put it that way. She was an artist. <laughs> Whew, golly. Uh, the Eagles had a big documentary. And the documentary, Pretty Maids All in a Row, was all about the debauchery of uh, groupies. Frank Zappa 
goes one further, writing songs, forming a group made up entirely of groupies. They're called the GTOs. They released an album back in 1969 called Permanent Damage. And of course, some groupies have become well-known in their own right, preempting the post-millennial culture of becoming famous for being famous. And of course, in the early part of We're an American Band, there's Sweet Sweet Connie. She's doing her act. Her act. She had the whole show, and that's a natural fact. Sir Smashington here just um, singing a song. There's other groupies of the of the era, and that uh, one of them is uh, is B.B. Buell, and she wound up marrying Todd Rungren. Pamela DeBar, she wrote two books on the subculture of groupies. I'm with the band, which came out in 1977. I remember she had another book, Take Another Little Piece of My Heart. That's uh, the old Janis Joplin song. Uh, A Groupie Grows Up. That was in 1993. I remember having her on the air when I was uh, working KC95. By the late 1980s, they even have a male groupie, but usually groupies are women. But they had a male group. His name was Pleather. And uh, he would follow the all-female bands around like the Bangles, let's say. So not all the liaisons between the rock stars and the groupies were, in reality, one-night stands. Like I said, Rungren, he marries B.B. Buell. Uh, John Cale from the Velvet Underground. He married Cynthia Wells of the GTOs. And Whitesnake. One of the biggest groupie stories in the history of Whitesnake, David Coverdale, wound up marrying Tawny Katane. And she became like a video vixen. She was in Here I Go Again, one of the great songs. The video for that. Now, in her book, Pamela DeBar says that the reason groupie developed a negative connotation was that uh, people just got jealous because we were getting backstage and they weren't, she says. Cynthia Albritton, the plaster caster girl, she said some band members didn't like the fact that girls were willing to have sex with other band members beside themselves. They were insecure about the pecking order, shall we say. And then, of course, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, a girl would be maligned for being a groupie because after a guy was on the road, uh, sometimes the groupies would show up like, at the house, out in the front yard, and Mama's uh, wondering who is that girl out there in the front yard, Bobby? And well, <laughs> I don't. She's just a groupie, group of girls who hung out with the band for various reasons. On this date in 1969, Rolling Stone magazine cover of coins the term introduces a new term to the popular American lexicon, that term being groupie, thus giving life to that culture of femininity that indeed did give life to the bands before, during, and after the show. And as one would signify, he, she, or it that does protect, serve, and or save on behalf of band guys everywhere. And of course, I Sir Smashington representing, merely being an agent for those who cannot speak for themselves.
Just let me say to all the groupies out there, past, present, and future, thank you for your service. I am where you's at. On 1071 The Big Z. Radio for the Riverbend. You know, we might be getting snowed in right now, but your thoughts may be about getting on out of your particular living situation come the spring. And now's the time to really start thinking about it. Now's the time to get that agent, get that organization, real estate company that's going to take care of business for you. And that in the Riverbend is my man, Matt Horn. Over at Landmark Realty, GodfreyLandmark.com. You go to their website, you'll see all the houses. In fact, if you sign up, you'll get the first hit every morning when new listings do occur. So you're on top of that game. But the beauty of Landmark Realty, they know their stuff. They know where the houses are. They know the kind of house that's going to be right for you. So when they see it, boom, they're making that call. They're issuing that email. They're hitting that text or whatever the case may be to inform you. But like I said, if you go and get yourself signed up, you're going to get the first report every morning. You'll see that when you get to GodfreyLandmark.com. Listen to the Smash Daily Podcast anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. Google, Apple, Spotify, and the new home at Amazon Music. SmashDaily.com. with you here that is gino vanelli right there man i tell you what he was the man back in that day in the early 70s in fact gino vanelli that song right there people gotta move that came off a really great album of his powerful people and gino vanelli was the first white singer on the show right here Soul Train, the hippest trip in America, with guest stars in the Soul Train dancers. And you'll be hearing from Johnson Products Company, the leader in black hair care, 
makers of Ultra Sheen, Afro Sheen, and Ultra Sheen Cosmetics. And now, here's your host, Don Cornelia. Hey there, and welcome aboard. You're right on time for another magnificent ride on the Soul Train. Be getting right back at you with a hot one right after some very important messages. The year was 1974, Gino Vanelli, first white singer on Soul Train. I remember watching that myself. Well, the women loved Gino Vanelli. I mean, I, as a musician, I found him to be, you know, innovative. Uh, he used advanced techniques with his keyboards, for example. His brother was his keyboard player. Um, he was a great showman, great entertainer, sex symbol to the max, in fact. He kind of reminded me of myself when I was that age. Yeah, in fact, I uh, was even calling myself Gino Smashnelli back in uh, those days, but uh, it was a different era. Well, I got different kind of problems nowadays at my age, 71 years of age. Uh, I got this beard, which I always thought was a cool beard, but, but it's not, and I, I ain't complaining, I'm explaining. It's not because the face mask squashes my beard down. So when I take the face mask off, my beard's all crushed, but you got to have a face mask in place. I mean, there's new, new protocols coming on down, and there's new strains of this virus that are really starting up here in the United States. Listen. Well, this variant, like others identified, spreads the coronavirus more rapidly. That, in turn, can lead to more COVID-19 cases. The Illinois Department of Public Health made the announcement of the first case of the new variant B1351. Another variant first found in the United Kingdom has now been identified in 22 cases in Illinois. Illinois public health leaders are concerned because these variants do spread more rapidly and can lead to more cases of COVID-19. Also, studies suggest that antibodies generated through current COVID-19 vaccines may only offer some protection against these new variants. South Africa Africa, where this variant was first detected, has halted the AstraZeneca vaccine rollout. Some trials found only minimal protection against mild and moderate cases with the AstraZeneca vaccine. Dr. Mary Hayden is the chief of the Division of Infectious Diseases at Rush University Medical Center. She's also the leader of a new advanced lab. The lab will help identify new variants from cases across the area and monitor whether certain variants are more likely to cause infection after vaccination. But Dr. Hayden said she is hopeful as we see the number of cases continue to drop. And those are the concerning features. Um, but again, uh, if we can reduce transmission in general, we'll reduce these variants. And I think, you know, that's that's the goal. So I think people should be it's one of these things people should be um, aware, but not, you know, uh, I don't know, not not like you know, panic. Dr. Hayden said if we double down on what we've already been doing to help stop the spread of COVID-19, we should also be able to help stop the spread of any new variants as well. And that is definitely the thing to do. So, you know, wear your mask, uh, wash your hands, six feet apart, all, all the stuff. We already know all that stuff, but now you kind of like got to be more, more, more diligent to it. I mean, I just got out of the hospital one week in MOBAP, Missouri Baptist Hospital, and then two weeks quarantine. And so for three weeks, whew, I tell you what, man, that was a harsh, harsh situation. So you don't want none of that. And they're saying these new variants are, are even worse than the original COVID-19. Now, on the other side, 
It's kind of like, Dad, gone. I'm trying to grow this, this like what I consider cool beard, and I can't because of the COVID. So Chop Chop, she winds up presenting me with this magazine article about what to do with beards and the masks. So I'm going to find it for you real, real quick. And uh, here it is. It is from Popular Science, believe it or not. It's titled Five Must-Know Tips for Safely Wearing a Mask Over Your Beard, Your Facial Hair. And then it has, you know, underneath it in lighter letters, in parentheses more or less. You should definitely shave, though. I don't want to shave. I got a quadruple chin. I, I don't want to shave, all right? Do not touch that mask, it says, unless your hands are super clean, of course. Now, here's what the situation is as far as the coverage on you and your beard is concerned. And I ain't saying it's just for men. You know, sometimes you see some ladies got themselves some chin whiskers. With that in mind, if I can be a help, listen up. The article says wearing a mask to stop the spread of COVID-19 is easy for most people. But for those who've invested their time into growing a most luxurious beard, like me, things are not so simple. You might be trying your best. But we have to break the unfortunate news, says Popular Science. Wearing a mask over your beard just doesn't work that well. This is especially important right now as new, more contagious strains of the virus gain footholds across the country. Shit. It continues, but since shaving is an extremely personal decision, there's still steps you can take to lower your risk of infection and protect others even if you choose to keep those exquisite locks, it says. First subheading, beards and cloth masks. Do not get along. Tell me about it. If you think of the strands of your facial hair as thread or yarn, your beard would be closer to a knit sweater than a tightly woven cotton t-shirt. Because the knit sweater leaves gaps. You know, your beard, you know, you have gaps in your beard, really, even though it might be, you know, on top of each other, there's gaps. And in those gaps, the particles that carry the COVID-19, those little tiny bubbles, they say, come out of your nose and your mouth, the beard hair does not necessarily provide the grip for a mask to stay in place. And so you're likely going to be touching it to constantly reposition it. And people with beards are kidding themselves, they say. Their masks cannot work as well as the ones with a tight fit over their skin. And that's from Dr. Stan Vermund, Dean of the Yale University School of Public Health. And he's been a beard wearer for over 40 years. Next thing it says here, trim your beard. But of course, especially if you're not going to shave it, at least keep it trim. Thus reducing the size of your beard so it's not collecting all these little bublets that are coming out of your nose and your mouth like I was saying. Now if you got yourself, you know, like a ZZ Top type of long beard, forget about it. You need to trim it. But I want to trim it. I want to look like a ZZ Top. Find a large mask then, says Popular Science Magazine. The goal being for the mask to sit against the skin rather than sitting on the hair and puffing out. You see what I'm saying? By puffing out, 
Again, the little bubblets, they go all over the place. Who knows who's getting sick off, of, off the fact that you want to have a long beard. In fact, if you find a, a mass that's big enough, you don't have to trim your beard. Whoa, look at this. It says, say no to masks with ear loops. Chins are crucial for masks to stay in place. But if you have one of these long beards like I'm talking about, you probably have not seen your chin in a while. Without a chin to keep your mask in place, masks with the ear loops, they're going to ride up and cover your eyes. Boy, if that ain't right. Hey, not only is that annoying, but it's dangerous if you're driving especially or crossing a street. But then again, well, I guess you got a bunch of people in the car. You ought to wear your mask. Okay, so yeah, yeah, the ear loops will, will pull on it and that mask will come up and it'll blind you. It'll cover your eyes. Forget about it. And by the way, big headline right here, beards and respirators don't get along. These N95 respirator masks, they got to have such a tight fit on your face. Ain't no room for a beard. There ain't no room even for a five o'clock shadow, all right? So shave up, trim up so you can use the respirator effectively or maybe even not even have to use the respirator. So you might think about trimming your beard. It's been a public service announcement. I, Sir Smashington, in finality, even if you do shave, consider that a change of look uh, is not going to be for long, all right? And with the vaccines rolling out all over the country, studies looking into how much of an infection risk uh, inoculated people pose for the rest of the population, well, it looks like everybody's hopeful, at least on the medical side, that beards will be able to come back in all their glory someday. Perhaps the looser fit of a mask on a larger beard is not as critical an issue for the fully vaccinated man and his contacts, meaning the folks that uh, he gets in contact with. I mean, we're going to be out of masks soon once we get into this mass vaccination. So there you go. Beard wearers. Men, women, and beasts, trim your beard, shave your beard, or get a bigger mask. This has been a public service message from who? Your daddy, because your daddy cares about you. Be you man, woman, or beast. I mean, getting back to Gino Vanelli, like we opened up this set with here, Gino Vanelli now wears a goatee, wears a beard. He does not look halfway as handsome now as I do now. Back then, I did not look halfway as handsome as Gino Vanelli. But time can be brutal on some. Time has been beautiful on Ice or Smashington. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. You're beautiful. It's true.
Cash Daily on the Big Z. Radio for the River Bend.